0: Uh, Shout out to today's sponsor, which is Dollar Shave Club. And I know I tell people all the time, but I have been using them for years, even before the sponsorship. Uh, They offer a wide variety of different products like hair care, skin care, and they recently actually just sent John some skin care, and what did you you think of Yeah, I
1: got the face wash, and I felt like the results almost immediately cleaned up my skin, and I feel it more moisturized too.
0: And like I said, they offer a wide variety of products. Uh, It's not just razors, you know, that's what they're known for, but they have like the hair care, skin care, and they recently sent me some ChapStick.
1: Yeah, what I like is the subscription box, so you build it, and the more things you add to it, you get a bigger discount, and they send it monthly, so you don't have to worry about hassling and going to the store buying these things So if you guys are looking to sign up for
0: Dollar Shape Club Click the link down below Sign up
1: Ya está saliendo el sol, ven y prendete Esto es fácil No me llames si tú con Lucy Estamos en Miami
0: Right, and we're live. Welcome back to Mess Mo It's your boy, the one with the scarface, space, your boy, Scarface. And we're back at it again with another episode, and I got my co-host, John.
1: Sup, guys. That, that, one more time. i <laughs> just get to run it back. <laughs> that, that's it. I don't know, dude. I, I just, I think about it so much when I'm driving here. Like, I was like, what am I going to say at the beginning? And just, and then I get here and it kind of like... One of these podcasts, spaces, someone's just going to have
0: you just like run the whole thing. Run the whole thing, that, and then... That way you, you get used to it, because there's a... So you get some context behind it. There's this thing that he always wants to start it, but he can't come up with a cool intro at work. <laughs> and, so, <laughs>
1: always and so he's. Always,
0: and then I put him on the
1: spot, and he's just like chokes Dude, up. I, I, deer in the headlights. Sometimes <laughs> I'm just like, I have like been thinking it, on the way here. I was like, what do I say? Like I've been trying to find like things that make it work. Because sometimes like yours flows, the intro flows, and I was like, I How think can it's I because it? I've said it for so long. Yeah, and people maybe are just start. Like, I'm already used to hearing it. So I'm like, oh, it just sounds flows with it but yeah I, re- I
0: remember when I was doing some YouTube videos uh when I didn't say it people would get upset they're like how come you didn't do your intro I'm like it's just <laughs> like I don't see anything in it. but anyways uh I've been wanting to do this episode because uh I followed you a while back ago on uh on your Instagram profile and I saw that you do a bunch of uh covers for like uh jet skis and and I'm I'm sure you probably do a lot more than that just uh jet skis but you know and, and I like bringing different types of like entrepreneur like businesses to the podcast that way can, people can see that it doesn't necessarily have to be like one thing. Some people want to like think it's just like a restaurant or anything. Anything you love to do, you can make it into a business. Kind of like, uh, what's his name? Uh Dust Customs. We had him yeah. on. Uh, And he does grills, you know, truck grills, because he loves trucks, you know, so it's your passions. Exactly. So it's cool that you came down on the podcast. We have Brandon, right? Yep. Brandon from H2O Industries. That's me. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Uh, I know it's, uh, we were supposed to do this. This is Saturday. We're supposed to do it on Sunday, but then I forgot we have, uh, John and I have an event tomorrow. Uh, So, you know, I'm glad you were able to switch up your schedule a little bit and come see us. Uh, But I like to get people to get to know you. So are you originally from Idaho?
2: I am. Yep. I was born, born in Rexburg. Grew up mostly in Rexburg, Rigby area. Mm-hmm. Lived in Idle Falls for a little while.
0: Yeah, did you go to high school, middle school? In-
2: yes. Yeah, so, uh, I went to tiebreaker elementary Okay, until about third grade. Transferred to Rexburg, went to Madison until my junior year, and then transferred to the rival school, Rigby, oh, dang. and graduated from the rival school <laughs> for my <laughs> senior year. So, oh,
0: so your senior year, you went to to the opposite school to Rigby, yeah. How was that? Yeah, it what? wasn't
2: that bad. I was worried because you know the Rigby Madison like rivalry. There's always fights and stuff after mm-hmm. homecoming, and no, it was good. I actually uh, had some fun. During the homecoming, I went and stood on the Madison side with my Rigby jersey on and was like, yeah, Rigby rocks. <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't tell you anything?
0: No, I was hanging out with all my all my old homies, so it wasn't a big deal. See, I had, I had something similar happen to me because I, I used to go to Sand Creek, and then uh, I had a bunch of friends who were going to go to Hillcrest, but I ended up going to Bonneville. So the, we all met up at the Civil War. You know, it's, it's a rivalry between Hillcrest and, and Bonneville, for those that people don't know, and... Uh, so I had my Bonneville jersey because I was a I was a freshman at the time. And I went over to the Hillcrest side to go see my friends, you know, because I had friends over there, too. And, yeah, that, that turned into almost like a big old brawl just because, you know. <laughs> just because, yeah. Yeah, just because I had the wrong jersey on. And I'm like, dude, you guys know me. Like, I came <laughs> to the school before. Like, you know, just because I went to a different one that doesn't mean anything.
2: Haters got hate.
0: Well, what kind of... Were you into, because I know you're into jet skiing now and like things like that. Were you into that in, during your middle school, high school?
2: No, like during growing up periods, uh, when I was till about that third grade period, mm-hmm. I BMXed really heavy. I actually got like first, second in state oh, dang. when I was like six, seven. I did really good. Bill's Bike Shop actually sponsored me at that point. Oh, nice. And then we moved to Rigby, or to Rexburg and that kind of went away we sold the bmx bike and it was just too much of a travel so after that i really didn't have a lot and the house dynamics changed a lot at that point my Mm -hmm. mom got remarried remarried,
0: oh yeah so your 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 parents were split up and
2: yeah had a little brother and all sorts of stuff changed for the dynamics so i really didn't have outlets like in high school junior high and i was kind of the weird outcast kid really i kind of hung out with the outcasts. Mm-hmm. so you you weren't into anything like
0: during the high school like sports or
2: i tried i tried basketball and i tried out like every single year i'd go and try out but in madison it's super clicky so i didn't have the right last name uh-huh. and i didn't even grow like i'm six four and I didn't hit six foot till after I graduated. Oh, wow.
0: That's, I kind of hit weird. like
2: the year after I graduated. I'm like, oh, hey, I'm 6'4 now. I wish this would have happened five years ago, right? <laughs> so, no, basketball was a hobby, but never actually played on the team. So,
0: so like, I mean, during high school or even middle school, like, we kind of have an idea of what we want to do, right? Like, I want to go and be like a – I remember – for me, in high school, I wanted to go to college to be like business management. I don't know why I wanted to do business management but but you kind of have an idea like what you want to do. Is there something that you wanted to do after high school? honestly, I was so oh,
2: high are you ready to with be the done? family dynamics and everything it was so weird that I went through phases like. When I was in junior high, I had a nickname White Chocolate because I was like Eminem, <laughs> black, like dressing in South Pole jeans and ginkos and stuff oh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing chains and do rags. And then like the next year, freshman year, I kind of went like preppy vibes for a little bit, mm-hmm. didn't like that. So I went gothic for a little bit. I had a really hard time finding who I was mm-hmm. because now that I can look back, like mental health was an issue. Mm-hmm. ADHD's been a thing like for a long time that I just never knew about or dealt with. And then the family dynamic stuff going yeah. on at the
0: house, you know? So I had a question since you just brought it up. Do they really call you white chocolate? Yeah. They did. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. And then uh, for a little bit, uh, do you remember the movie Malibu's Most Wanted? Oh, yeah.
0: B-Rad? Yeah, b yeah, They
2: called me B-Rad for a little bit
0: too. <laughs> and was it just because of the way you were dressing or is it because uh, you are like uh are you 100% white?
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, 100% okay. white. Okay,
0: so you were full yeah. on, full just, on. Uh, you know, I
2: liked Eminem because he was controversial at yeah. the time, and my parents hated Eminem. So I was in that like angsty teenage, mm-hmm. you know, fuck what my parents say, I'm gonna do this, and so I just started kind of dressing black and acting like I was black.
0: Did you ever get a backlash from that? There's,
2: yeah, yeah, some of my like social. In junior high is when it was really big, and my social circle went from being like basketball kids and all that to like that's when I went and ended up being part of the Outcast crew. Mm. Was because of white chocolate or Be Red, you know?
1: <laughs> that, that's pretty funny. We need to get someone that went to school with you. <laughs> no, you that, that, that's remember, cool that you. Who? Like, you remember Be Red? <laughs> remember Be Remember white chocolate? <laughs> no, that,
0: that's cool that you're able to talk about because uh, most people would be. Cause I remember when I was in junior high and a little bit during high school, I was also, I was shaving my head, looking like a cholo, you know what Dang. I mean? Like wearing the, the GSs, like all that stuff, just because the people I was hanging out with, that's what they like to do. And I didn't want to be that outcast. And that didn't, I didn't like how it looked. I didn't like that. I didn't yeah. like dressing like that. But when you're trying to fit in with, with the, you know, your friends, your the like,
2: homies. Yeah. Yep. You're like,
0: I'm going to do it too. But, and then as soon as I started changing the way I dressed, cause I was like, I don't like this. I got a backlash from them, you know, like they're like, Oh, look at you. You're trying to be like part of these preppy kids. And I'm like, no, dude, I just don't like dressing like that. (laughs) You know? Uh, so after high school, what what did you end up doing? Uh, so for I graduated
2: 2007 class, but I graduated early and I went straight to work for my stepdad. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, from there I ended up getting my high school, junior high school, middle school, like the girl that I dated on and off through all those years, Uh, we got pregnant, didn't end up keeping the baby. She wanted to um, adopt it. Mm -hmm. And so we went through that and it really had kind of a negative toll on me because a lot of it looking back is my family dynamics, like growing up out there in Madison, kind of some abusive stuff going on Mm -hmm. um, emotionally more than physically. But that can be just as bad, I think. Yeah. And so in relationships like all that need for like a mom figure, that kind of shit just like bled into relationships and ruined them all. Mm. So yep. uh from her perspective, I get it. I was probably like super clingy and stuff and whatever. So that actually had a really bad toll on me psychologically, and I started like down this rabbit hole after uh we adopted Bennett out mm. and it eventually ended up to where I was homeless, living on the streets. I actually slept in my Yukon, and if I didn't have enough gas to, like, stay warm, there's the uh, the bathrooms that are right next to the waterfalls over here in Idaho Falls. Okay.
0: Yeah, but... By, by I'd river. go
2: in there, and I'd hit the hand warmer and sleep underneath the hand
0: warmer to stay warm at night. Oh, Dang. dang. So, so, it got pretty rough for a little bit. Did you think when you did that... Cause this is the first time I've ever like talked to somebody, so I'm gonna ha- I have some questions for that. If you don't want to answer them, it's cool. No, you're good. Did you ever, like, now that you go back and think about it, at the time you probably thought it was a good idea to do that. Would you have done it differently?
2: No, no, not really. Cause you know we we look back on our lives and we all probably have regrets, things that we don't like that we did. Mm-hmm. But if I hadn't gone through and done all this stuff that I did or went through, then I wouldn't be where I'm at right now with persevering, like where my perseverance is. I push through stuff Mm -hmm. and I have this mindset that I wouldn't have had, had those things not happened. So like I was homeless. I did that 2009, the winter of 2009, 2010. I was homeless Uh, from there to 2012, about 75% of that time was in jail, like in and out of jail for petty stuff like uh, driving without a license, driving without insurance, uh, petty theft, stuff like that. Um, 2010, I got hit with two felonies. Oh, wow. Actually, it was five felonies. Uh, forgery, 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 grand theft and grand theft by possession. Oh, wow. In Jefferson County. And that all got dropped to like one grand theft. And then Bonneville County at the same time hit me with another two felonies for grand theft by possession. So when I was homeless, I was actually taking like my grandma's checkbook. She was helping me out, paying me to do odds and ends stuff around her house. Mm -hmm. She was a nurse had a bunch of money in retirement so i was like you know she won't miss like 600 bucks here so i'll write (laughs) myself a 600 buck check and then yes eventually i wrote myself enough checks that were like 200 600 whatever that it ended up being like 10 grand oh wow so kind of piece of shit move looking back i regret that yeah and Mm -hmm. i would change that probably but ultimately where it led was you know, uh, 2012, 2014, I did two years in prison at ICC in the gang unit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that led to me being out of my comfort zone, which then pushed me to, like, look at myself. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I do the things I do? What are my core beliefs? And let's fix these. Let's change these. So when I got out, 2014, it was, like, completely new mindset everything was different. And then since then I've had like three businesses, H2O industries is a almost two years old now. Mm-hmm. And I closed the other businesses to run this one. And I found my passion mm-hmm. in jet skis, power sports, stuff like that. So coming back full circle to kind of your aunt, your question, um, would I change it? No, because if I did, all the stuff that led to ultimately H2O industries yeah. and possibly like retirement because of what I'm doing now mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't have happened.
0: Yeah. Cause that, that would, I mean, that's a crazy, <laughs> that's a crazy story. And like, yeah. So we're going to, I mean, if it's cool with you, we're going to try to pick it apart a little bit. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, Cause that's good. you do, you do that, right? Like you, which is probably really difficult and hard at the time. Cause you have to wait until the baby is fully like, I mean the baby's out. And then I'm sure the baby had to stay with the mom for a little bit and then it was adopted out. Right.
2: Yeah. So the, the adoptive parents we picked out before the baby was born. Um, the day that Bennett was born, they were there, they flew out from Georgia. Uh, and then I was there and then they stayed for about a month. And Mm -hmm. so I got to actually hang out with them and the baby and kinda like built this relationship before Was that tough they though? Left. Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was definitely tough, especially kind of knowing because at that point I'd had about five months of knowing that Nicole didn't like love me, want me, that mm. that whole dynamic. So kinda, you're going through that and I now had you're going to, to process it a little bit, but I was still going through it in my head like
0: that's rough. Why like, couldn't
2: this have worked yeah. out? Yeah, that kind of stuff, you know.
0: Like knowing that, I mean, your your baby mama doesn't want to be with you. She wants to get rid of the baby, and then like you're all of a sudden like building this small connection with, you know, your baby, and you got to give, you know, say bye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm sure that I mean, were you into? Because you said after this, it took you down this rabbit hole, right? Yeah. Um, uh, were you? into like, were you already in that mindset before or like, this was just
1: like, uh, a... did it hit you after the fact? Yeah. After the weird. fact.
0: Yeah. It's like a precursor
2: a little bit. Uh, when they were there, like it kind of pulled me back out of this depression, like mm-hmm. getting to see the baby and hang out with them. Cause I was depressive like beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then after they left, um, I was living in my parents' basement at mm-hmm. the time. And they had a theater room, so it didn't have any windows or anything in it. And that's where I, like, hold up for, like, two or three months. Just and eventually, a- they were like, okay, you got to get out or go get a job. Mm-hmm.
0: And I was like, all right, well, peace. And that's when you were ended up homeless. Yeah, yep. And so, you said you ended up, uh, you know, doing all these petty, was it all theft-related no, a lot of you said some of them were driving without a license. Yeah, and...
2: so I got this car at the time. Uh, I had a Yukon mm-hmm. that I bought, and I kind of tried to replace this big hole that was in my life mm-hmm. with a social group, and like as many people could fit into this hole, I would just shove in there. And a big part of my personality at that point was. If I thought somebody would like, I don't know, like if I acted a certain way or dressed a certain way, then I would do those things because Mm -hmm. I wanted so bad to be liked that I would do whatever it took. And so it kind of was like this building up point of here's this hole that like baby was born in February, uh, about March, April, I moved out. And started filling this hole with, like, just whoever wanted Mm -hmm. to come be in my social circle. And by, like, July, September, like, in that window, I had a bunch of people I called friends Mm -hmm. at the point. And now looking back, like, acquaintances maybe, (laughs) like, they wouldn't be in my social circle now. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were my friends at that point, so I'd do whatever it took to impress them. Which was, like, driving like an idiot, cruising down 17th Street on Friday, Saturday nights. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd go steal odds and ends, um, like, scrap from junkyards. Or, like, if I knew there was a farmer scrap pile of stuff, I'd go take from that and go recycle it, get money. Mm -hmm. And I'd use that money on the weekends to, like, pay for all these people to go to Denny's, pay for their gas to cruise. Mm -hmm. Tried to make them like me with money basically. Yeah. And then that all kinda ended like November December. November December was when the the Rigby thing, like they hit me with felony and then I was homeless. Like mm-hmm. I got out on bail and I was homeless at that point.
1: Dang. Did you did you ever have like a you talk about like you tried to be someone that you weren't? Mm-hmm. You thought it was right, but did you ever have someone there? Someone, I, I understand. Like, sometimes people, I've heard a lot of people talk about, like, oh, I might be surrounded by a lot of people, but like, you might be lonely. But did you have someone you're like, like a friend or uh, that you can actually call a friend that you like maybe to this day you still talk to them or I don't
2: you... really talk to her anymore. Mm-hmm. But there was one uh, at the point when I was like in my depression uh, February, March area, I started getting online and I talked to this girl in Michigan. Her name was Tracy, and uh, we kind of built like a relationship, long-distance relationship, kind of filled the missing girlfriend kind Mm -hmm. of void a little bit, and we talked a lot. So in a way, like she was there, and I talked about all the emotional crap that I had going on with her, and that was it. Everyone else was just kind of like put a face on when you're around these people.
0: Yeah. So, and then you talked about a little bit right now that – you got hit with your first felony. And I'm sure this is like where this it, it started. Yeah. You know what I mean? Can you say what a, your first felony was?
2: Yeah, that was the five, um, the forgeries, the okay, much
0: checkbook stuff. And was it because, so eventually she probably caught on, right? Is yeah. she the one that hit you with the charges or? Yeah, she reported them. Okay. And
2: then uh, the county, the county did their thing, you know, because mm-hmm. it happened in Jefferson County. And then, so that happened like. I think November was when the charges hit and I got out on bail and got my Yukon back out of uh cause I got arrested like in my Yukon. It was kind of a scary moment. Actually, they, they like surrounded me in Yukon with non-marked cars. And then like four people just got out and pulled their guns and started yelling. Oh, damn. My buddy was with me and he was freaking out. And luckily we just barely dropped my little brother off. So he didn't, have to be involved in it at all
3: Mm -hmm.
0: but that was a freaky moment so have you talked to your grandma since
2: yeah yeah no she actually so like that 2012 to 2014 Mm -hmm. when i was at icc um she came out and visited me a couple times uh my mom visited like from the beginning and then there near the end my mom's like hey so brandon's changed a lot so, I think you should go talk to him. And so, we actually talked and made some recompense. And then, at my parole hearing, she stood up and like talked for letting me out and like had nothing but good things to say about everything.
0: How was that first conversation? Cause, like, you know what I mean?
2: It's awkward. <laughs> like, hey, I know, uh, I know I took like $10,000 from you. So, sorry. <laughs> but. Here we are. So yeah, it was a little awkward. That's a hard conversation to have.
0: Oh, I bet. And especially, she she probably saw that you did change. You know what I mean? That's why she was there at your parole hearing. You know, wanting you to get out. Um, Because that's kind of tough. You know what I mean? Like you'd be, like I'm trying to put myself in her her position. Like it's hard. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like. Somebody stealing a bunch of money from me, and then... And then you not being mad about it later?
1: I don't know how it might be the relationship with, like, your grandma, but it is you are her grandson, so it's kind of like someone took money from me, but it is my grandson, you know? But
2: it's family,
1: yeah. Yeah, And I
2: think, uh, honestly, like, long before any of that stuff happened, like, I'd done small stuff, and it was all towards, like, family, because I never, like... It's family. What are they going to do? They're not going to throw you in jail.
0: Mm-hmm. So like, Until they throw you in jail. <laughs> when I
2: was like 12, you know, sneaking in my uncle's room and taking like $10 out of his coin jar. Just little, little stupid stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it it had been like a habit that I'd formed over time that ultimately led to me thinking that it was okay to do that with like big money.
0: Yeah. And and, and some people don't realize that even in the – like it could have started with uh you took a dollar here, you took a dollar there, and then you're like, well, no one's getting mad you know? Yeah. Nothing's happening or be like, Hey, what? like, no, uh, cause I remember I tried to do that in the beginning. I tried to take some money out of my mom's like purse. I got caught instantly, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And then that led from like, it stopped there. Like, you know what I mean? It never happened. Yep. Uh, but I don't know that it, it, it's good of your, your grandma. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just hard to put myself in that position. And then I, I see where you come from too. Cause you're like, Hey, I was like, Going through all of this, you know, maybe they saw that you were going through all of this, you know, it just, uh, and at the time, I don't know if you, you said it was mental health issues
1: too at the time, like, cause you're going through a lot. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. And also, I, I don't know if we, if you saw it too, but I feel like a lot reciprocates on back Like you said, you're like, your home was kind of messed up. And so it's bound to happen. If, if your dad comes in yelling every single day, for example, and just starts yelling and yelling, that habit's going to turn on you. Even if you hate it, you hate someone yelling at you, you're going to, you're more likely, your your, your offspring's going to start yelling and coming, and it's just going to carry the traits. So, I mean, you don't know who to blame, because it kind of, it, it kind of can go back to. Yeah,
2: there's a whole cycle there. And yeah. you got to, you got to be the one to break the cycle. Yeah. Really.
0: Yeah. And because I, I know in the beginning, you talked about having like a, you know, your household wasn't, you know, perfect
2: yeah not you know? ideal no one's is
0: yeah and, and no one's is and uh the thing is like the, the, things like this can happen to, to to your kids you know what i mean like so it, it's probably good and bad that you adopted out your what was it a little it was a girl? boy it was a boy boy yep because i mean you wouldn't want to put him through all this too you know what i mean like and and then the cycle just continues yeah and it could be that even worse or even you know or maybe that was what changed it, or you doing that going through that depression phase is probably what helped change your cycle, even though you had to go through like a bunch of shit in between then uh so you get thrown in jail, right yep, you get thrown in jail. How was that were you scared going into jail? yeah the first
2: uh the first handful of times was like, "Oh God dude mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is sketchy, I don't like it, and then you know as long as you don't have. Like a sex offender crime or like you beat women or something. They'll mess with you a little bit in there and they'll kind of poke at you because you're a newbie. But like for the most part, they'll take you under their wing kind of like, hey, this is how the ropes are. Don't do this. Don't do this.
0: And you're good. Did you ever get messed with when you first got in?
2: Yeah. Yeah. There was. uh, What what were some
0: of the things that they did? I'm just curious. There's
2: a couple of guys. That uh, looking back now, like, I can laugh a little bit, but at the point, I was like, oh, I can't fall asleep. They're like, oh, don't fall asleep on your on your front, or we'll end up laying on you. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And that hey, stuff
1: probably messes with you, because if you're in there, and you're like, I don't know if they're fucking with me. Well, or not just that, like, because we watch,
0: you watch a lot of movies, and obviously, you've probably seen, like, movies on people in prison, and they over-exaggerate some of the things. <laughs> but, so, but this is what's in your head going in, you know, like, uh, I forgot who I talked to that when they first went into prison, they said they had the, the movie they watched a lot was like, uh, I think it was blood in blood out. And so they're you know, that's a whole like over-exaggerated in prison type yeah, of or stuff.
2: American history X was yeah. what
0: I watched. And it was like, so I'm sure you're like, Oh my God. Like we're about, I'm about to, what do they call Cause there's the, they have the different names for the different gangs. Uh, I can't remember. Anyways, but uh, was it like that? Like you had to go like sit and eat with the white people, Hispanics over here, black people over here. A
2: little bit, yeah. Bonneville County is really like Bonneville County is really political in the prison system, just like prison would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jefferson wasn't at all, so it was a little different dynamics there. But when that was like the worst, probably when I was the most scared was getting into Bonneville because they are set up kind of like segregated a little bit. Um, You know, you got different units and stuff and then they act on the same kind of politics that prison does. So you show up, you have to show someone your papers that says like, this is what my crime is. If you don't show papers, you get jumped, beat up and,
0: yeah, and yeah. you're talking about the prisoners. You're not talking about, like, uh, that way people listening. Yeah, you're you're yeah. talking about prisoners. We're not
2: talking about the guards here. Guards are beating um, people over. ICC was a completely different thing, a little bit. Uh, at the point where I went in, ICC was actually, like, in the top three most dangerous prisons
1: in the U.S. Oh, wow. Well, where's the, it, where's ICC at? It's I'm, in Boise. Oh, okay. I, yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about now. Though. It
2: was, uh, so it was privatized. Uh, So the state, what that means is the state wasn't running the system; they were paying another company to come in. So CCA was who was running the prison, and they actually had like guards that would bet on fights. Instead of breaking them up, they'd be like, "Oh, you know what? This dude's gonna lose," or Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And that's what was making the the prison that I was in at that point like in the top three most dangerous, was because the death rate per like accident stuff like that.
0: And, and things like that happen people like i know of course prison movies over exaggerate some things but things like that uh i was talking uh to ho his name is jose uh he was on the podcast er, sometime last year i think and so he went to prison because he was uh he tried to kill his cousin like in a drive by shooting and uh he he said the similar like yeah and in, in some movies they over exaggerate some things he's like but it's it's like a uh, a lot of things are similar in the, in the movies. Like yeah. for example, like the whole fighting thing, he's like, some guards don't do anything. They just let you fight or you can pay off guards, you know, like to sneak and stuff. He said that, um, not him, but some people he knew had like phones. They had phones in there. You, when you're not supposed to have phones yep. just because you pay the certain people off. And then he, he was, he mentioned, I think it was off. Like some people that he knew that were had like a whole drug ring going, you know, like sneaking in drug, what, what, what were some of the craziest things that you saw in the Boise one? Uh,
2: while I was there, we got put on major lockdown twice because uh, there were either major fights or like someone died. And one of the times, um, we there's three units in this area. They do blocks, and then in each block, there's three separate units. And in the gang unit, which was the J.K.L. unit, there's Unit J, Unit K, Unit L. Um, you had, like, the Serenios, uh, and then some of the white boy gangs uh, locally and stuff were mm-hmm. in there. And they just decided one day they didn't want the black gangs in there anymore. And oh. so you come back from lunch, and I watch a guy get stabbed, like, right here in the neck, in his jugular. What? Uh, like right in front of our door, where we were actually like our house, I guess you'd call it. Mm-hmm. Right in front of our door, a guard got stabbed in, uh, in the ribs a couple times because he was getting in the way of getting the black guy and throwing the black guy off of the tier, Jeez. like over the rail down to the second, mm-hmm. the main floor, off the second floor, basically. Hey. And so the black guy got like stabbed in the neck, stabbed a couple places, and then they threw him and he fell like 10 feet onto a table. Did he die? Uh, they life flighted him out. I don't think he died, but that was, that was by far like the scariest, <laughs> like
0: I'm going to my house at this point. Yeah. And then you have the you can't say anything. Yeah. Because I mean, th- th- that's true in prison. Like snitches <laughs> get stitched, like you're gonna <laughs> either end up getting stabbed or you're going to get jumped, you know? So you witnessed that. So you were like, Oh, well I'm going over here.
2: Yep. Yeah. Head down. Like that's – because I'm not affiliated in any way. Mm -hmm. And they actually – funny story. At that point in time, like when I first got to ICC, um, I had my like emo haircut. So my hair, my bangs were down in my chin. (laughs) And it was like a – kind of like a pixie cut on chicks, you know, like Mm -hmm. disconnected, shaved on the sides, and then long. Okay. So they're like, oh, you know what? Let's throw this dude in JKL, see how long he lasts. And – The only reason I think I did was because the times that I spent in Bonneville, there were like four or five dudes from Bonneville that were like, oh, dude, that sticks. Uh, We better go fix this." So they went down and said, hey, go get your haircut right now. Mm -hmm. And they like helped me out. And since I wasn't affiliated, but they were kind of friends, like nothing really happened. Anyway, as long as I worked out like five times a day or five times a week and like kept my head down and didn't cause any issues. And then like I volunteered to be on watch for guards. So people getting tattoos and stuff, you know, you just like hit their door while they're getting a tattoo if a guard comes in. Mm -hmm. And so I did all that stuff just to get by there. And it actually funny like side hustles you do side hustles in there Mm -hmm. to make cash and my family didn't send me a lot of money like i honestly only talked to my mom pretty much the entire time i was in there and so i started sewing in prison as my side hustle Mm. which ultimately like now i'm sewing as my side hustle out here with h2o (laughs) industries making covers
0: yeah dang that's wild like you Cause I, I mean, I've never. I went to juvie when I was a kid, but that was because I was stealing stuff. But uh, and that got cut off. Road. See, I learned. It's, it's. I'm glad every time I did something stupid, I got caught, like immediately, I, immediately, instead of immediately, letting it build up, yeah. like 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 mine did. Yeah, and like which is cool. It sucked at the time. Don't get me wrong. It sucked when I got caught. But then after that, you're like, yeah, that's not gonna. That, I'm not cool with that. You yeah. know, I, that sucked. Um, and and then having to go through. I mean, just prison. You know what I mean? Like, I've never actually been there, like, and hearing <laughs> that people get stabbed. And did you ever get into, like, any sort of fight? Because uh, Jose was telling me, like, when he went, he's like, people just randomly fight. Like, it's weird. They'll be like, you and me, like, go to this room and like.
2: Yeah, people get offended, like, super easy. And so the only time I got even close to a fight uh, was, was a dude I knew from Idaho Falls, and we had like a side bed on a card game, and I was supposed to give him my cookies at lunch. And I spaced it like <laughs> my ADHD, I think, was part of that whole thing. Cause my ADHD is like the impulsive type and then um, like non focusing mm-hmm. type. So I'm impulsive and I have a hard time focusing until I find something that like completely immerses me and then I hyper focus. Okay. And so, you know, I like ate my lunch real quick, left. He came and was, hey, where's my cookie? And I punched me in my face. And I didn't hit him back because, you know, I I was in the wrong at the point. And I was fine with it. Like, yeah, it hurt. Yeah, it sucked. But I didn't get in any fights. Uh, Just that one instance. And, you know, I gave him his cookie the next day. I was like, hey, bro, sorry.
1: (laughs) Here's your
0: cookie. How do you think you would be in prison, John?
1: I don't know, man, because I'm very calm until I get pissed off and I'm very like, like, I don't know. I just get heated really quick, but I'm really calm. Like, so I don't know. I feel like I'd try to just, I
0: I think I would do something similar. Like what you did is just try to get by. Like, nah, I don't want to get involved with this gang. I don't want to do this. I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, cause, uh, even like, like you mentioned earlier, when you said that you're non-affiliated,
3: mm-hmm.
0: sometimes that, puts a bigger target on you because you're like, well, no one has his bag, you know, like let's mess with him. Did that ever happen? Or you, you did just enough to, to get by where people are like, I right, just leave him alone, you know?
2: Yeah, no, no. I'd like, I'm pretty good at, um, networking I'd say. So there were a couple people that were lifers that were in there that I actually like, uh, roomed with one for a while. The other one, I got extra lunches cause I was so skinny that like if you're under x uh percent body fat, whatever, they have to give you extra lunches and stuff okay, so I'd actually get the extra food and go give it to this dude, and he'd pay me as a little bit of a side hustle thing mm-hmm. for me, but I hooked him up, and then he kind of like made sure I was taken care of that way, and then my buddies that were affiliated um there were two or three different gangs that all the guys I kinda knew were in, so they made sure. Did you have to be kind of careful stuff. around them? Um, the guys that I ate lunch with, there was a couple times when they were having, like, a beef with someone else. Like, mm-hmm. another gang or another person. And so, when I'm sitting at lunch with them, that, like, puts the target not just on them, but on me, too. So, with them, I'd have to watch their back just as much as they try to watch my back.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So... I know you mentioned it earlier too that at one point you wanted to, or like you you said you started to find yourself like trying to figure out w- that you needed to change. Yeah, like do you do you remember when that was?
2: Um, it was about about four months into being in the JKL unit, mm-hmm. and I was there for about fifteen months mm-hmm. total. So. About four months into being in the gang unit, I was like, "Dude, I don't want, I don't want any of this." Yeah. So then I started like self help, reading a bunch of self help books. Uh, I got super into like Hinduistic, um, Buddhism, like Eastern mm-hmm. type uh, books and ways of thinking, mm-hmm. uh, instead of like going to roots and going like LDS, like Christ. Yeah. Center kind of stuff. I went more like self centered. Like, uh, the big thing with uh, like Buddhism is there is no self, you're just kind of like you exist, and then you put limitations on yourself by saying, Oh, I'm this or I'm that, like, I'm a male. So then by saying that you're male, that like puts these blinders on you to other things and issues that maybe uh, like for instance, you got a, uh, I can't remember what the word is, whatever. <laughs> so you got like the whole male pattern of thinking where, for the most part, like men don't label anger as an emotion, mm-hmm. right? And so if you like label yourself as a male, then you're more apt to, like, oh, anger's fine, mm-hmm. that kind of
0: thing. And these like self help books and like this, th- those books helped you? Like, uh, because I, I like to read a lot. Why well, well, listen to audiobooks, you know? <laughs> uh, I always say read, but it, it's because I, I have that same thing. I, I've never actually gotten, see what's, I can't focus on books. Yeah. Like when I start same. reading, all of a sudden, I read, like, two, three pages. I'm like, what the hell did I just read? don't remember
2: anything, yeah.
0: And with uh, audiobooks, I can force myself to, to like, listen, you know, like, and then, uh, but of course, I don't take in everything. Like, you can read out of, like, 10 books. I'll take, like, a little piece of each book, you know, but I I, I try to, at least an hour a day, but this helped you, like, get through the...
2: Yes. Yeah, so the books, like, A, they kill time because reading takes a lot longer than, like, listening to an audiobook or something, right? Yeah. So they kill time in a productive manner. And then, B, like, you're going through and you're reading, but then you're pausing and thinking, you know, like, how can this apply in my life? What yeah. can I do here? Uh, like, one of the books I read uh, was talk- talked about, like, these five main rules to live your life by – and, like, the first one was to be impeccable with your word, which is basically, like, don't lie to yourself, don't lie to other people. Mm-hmm. And then if you're going to talk, make that talking worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So, like, I started applying these small, like, seemingly small things to my life in there. And then when I got out, it was it was way easier.
0: To it helped like, you out a lot. Yeah. Um. So... Leading up to your release date, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are, What are your plans? Like, what, am, like, what you're gonna do as soon as you get out?
2: So I, I actually started like drafting business ideas in prison. Mm-hmm. Like, I I had a dog salon idea <laughs> that I was gonna do, like this pet store with a dog salon and like work your dogs out and all this stuff because I've I've always liked animals, mm-hmm. and so. I had this like business plan for that. And then I had another business plan for construction type stuff. So I had these ideas that I wanted to go and do Mm -hmm. when I got out. uh, But I started setting like, looking back, they weren't really like the best goals to have Mm -hmm. because they were like monetary based or item based. So I said, oh, I want to have a Chrysler 300. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to have like 5,000, in my bank account
0: mm-hmm. just like uh,
2: you were focusing stuff, yeah you were focusing really.
0: more on the money than that than an actual passion
2: yeah yep and you know i got out and i started working pretty quick i had a job within a couple of weeks i had a, like a new car paid off i had my chrysler within like seven months of getting out Okay. i had bought my chrysler um and then everything went really good like work-wise and everything, I started talking with the girl from Michigan again, Tracy. (laughs) Uh, Went out, met her, like, for the first time. I actually planned to move there and was going to, like, move out there and live there. Had work and everything lined out. And then my boss offered me, like, more money. So I just stayed here. I was like, oh, well, sorry. I'm going to stay here, I guess. And it led into me making, you know, like, $25 $25 an hour mm-hmm. doing construction work, mm-hmm. which is good money. And so then I started my own construction business doing contracting. And I did pretty good with that. And I got into quads pretty heavy, like power sports, right about that time frame mm-hmm. after I decided to stay here instead of move to Michigan. And I took my quad out with my little brother to go on a night ride up to the sand dunes Mm -hmm. and you know what a witch's eye is? No. Okay. So the sand dunes are always changing because of wind patterns. So a witch's eye, there's a bunch of trees and stuff buried out there. And what a witch's eye is, is the wind will blow. And then where the trees are, it blows more sand out of those areas than around it. And Mm -hmm. so it's like a pit. Okay. And I found one with my quad. On accident, yep. (laughs) Uh, Quad went in. There were trees in it, and I actually had one of the trees went up through my groin, eight inches up into my abdomen. Dang! And like, just barely missed everything. It's like less than three millimeters from my femoral artery, which would have killed me. Like five seconds, I would have bled out and died. Mm -hmm. There would have been no way to tourniquet it. Um, it missed like my, all my intestines. It somehow like weaved in between all of them. <laughs> like it bruised <laughs> some of them, but it didn't puncture anything. And then it missed my kidney and my liver, um, within like half an inch and a quarter inch on my left side.
1: Oh dude, and, that's messed.
0: And that's the moment I decided to start H1. That kind of, kind of really. So. Uh, yeah, those are dangerous. Uh, for those people that don't know, they go out to the sand dunes. Th- that that's a big thing that they're always changing. So you can't be like, oh, we're gonna go on this hill. it's like to the right. It's yeah. probably not gonna be there the next yeah. time you go. Because uh, uh, a while back ago, we were into quads too, and we we took a quad up where I had bought a new one. And we're all going. This guy that's with us, he 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 says he knows, and I don't know because this is my first time going to the sand dunes. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I know where everything's at, and like this is and that. Literally five minutes into getting there, he he ran into something similar. Like you know, on some hills that you go up and they'll just smoothly go down on the other side. No, this one was up and, and then just straight dropped. Down. And he he took that jump and he ended up uh, landing the the front of it just straight down. And like he ended up, he, nothing serious happened, but he. An ambulance had to come out and like take him out and everything. And this is like five minutes into like us <laughs> being there. Same so exactly, thing it's so, like
2: two hills over.
0: Yeah, and we're like, well, what do we do now? Do we just leave? Like, because I don't feel like riding anymore. Because after he he got hurt. So I mean, oh, you can continue. Sorry for yeah. No, you no,
2: it's scary. Like <laughs> even if it's not you, it's your buddy. It he makes you want to just Did you, shut you have to get down. airlifted out? No, uh I actually hopped back on my quad. Well, my brother had to chase it down because it was still Don't driving. Me. Um, so he chased it down, shut it down, gave me a ride to it, and I was like, Yeah, let's go back to the truck. Like I still had, hadn't really felt it at that point. About halfway back to the truck, which was only like three minute ride, mm-hmm. it started hitting me. Like, man, that hurts real bad. So by the time I got to the truck, I actually pulled into like these random people's campsite. Pulled clear up right into their fire, basically, and said, hey, I need help. And they helped me get my quad. Well, they helped my brother get the quad loaded. And they helped me jump in my truck. And then my brother drove to the hospital.
1: Oh, was it a piece of wood or what was it?
2: Yeah, it was the top of a tree, basically.
1: (laughs) Oh, so it was stuck in you.
2: (laughs) No, no. When I So the quad kind of like front nose down in. And so I fell straight down on the stick, and then the back kicked, so it did like a full front flip. The quad did a full front flip, and then ran me over. But when it the back kicked up, it like threw me up enough that the stick didn't break. It just kind of straight up and out.
1: Oh, and so you it were was in and out. You weren't yeah. bleeding or
2: no? I was bleeding a lot. Yeah. By oh. the time we got to the by the time we got to the hospital, like I was in and out, like. Yeah. borderline black out my brother had to grab a, a wheelchair and I ended up having to have emergency surgery
0: that night well yeah because wow. even like if you get something stuck in you it, people always say don't pull it out because that's worse than actually you're like oh just pull it out and then take them no it's worse if you just leave it how it is go to the hospital and like if it's because sometimes uh Cause it happened to my leg luckily nothing happened back where i used to work we had nail guns right and me and my buddy were messing around with the nail gun he ended up hitting me like in the leg oh but these ones are coiled so it has a it has the nail and then it has two wires on top of each other right and uh they, they i mean if you're not putting it into wood they they stay there and i didn't know and like he pulled it out and actually i had they had a like cut i, I don't remember where it was but it was on my leg and they had to like cut to to make sure everything was okay, like because they're like you could have if that would have been in like a in a nerve or something, like it, it could have been bad.
2: Yeah, would have severed your nerve or your muscle tissue. Yeah. yeah,
0: and yeah. like you don't know that until like afterwards. After. But but that's crazy how you hit and then just the way the like you were moving, it, it was like in and out. Yep.
1: Oh, and, and I'm <laughs> well. I, I I feel you had, because, you had uh, something similar happen. So. I used to work in concrete and we'd make potato cellars. Um, And so we're the control room for people that know what a potato cellar here in Idaho is. There's this control room where all the fans are at. And so we were we do the rebar for it and there's only one door in the the entrance on this side and 300 feet on the other side. And so these rooms are like higher off the ground because they're they go down probably like five feet from like the the dirt level. So the door has to be on top. So you have to kind of go over rebar uh, once it's tied or walk all the way around, which obviously I wasn't going to walk <laughs> around. Um, so I was like, oh, I've done it before. So I just, there's like three pieces of rebar. So I step on it and I'm, I throw my leg over and I told them before, I'm like, imagine this just slipped and whoop. and everybody's <laughs> laughing, but I went in and out and nothing happened. But when I was going to go back out, the t- the ties on the rebar where i stepped once i was already in the middle so the rebar is right here yeah gave out and a piece of rebar went like i don't even know how to explain it without being like gross. <laughs> uh so i guess right between my leg and my my sack it went in probably like this much what and is that what, like four or five inches yeah well, yeah dude
2: that's like same thing the stick yeah. hit like dead center. And then slid over just enough, it actually went through my sack.
1: <laughs> oh, dude. No. So Damn. I got a
2: gnarly, like, five-inch scar all the way. Oh, like,
1: So, yeah, I yeah. have, like, I have like, I got eight stitches, I believe. Oh, um, but everybody was laughing because they thought I was playing, but I was stuck in there, and I, I couldn't reach my feet enough to get up. And then they're laughing. I'm like, no, I'm actually saying and that's when they grabbed a ladder and tried to help me out. And then I didn't even know what to do because it, it wasn't, like, bleeding. I just, I was like, I have to check. And I had a big ass hole. And so they took me to the, the ready care and there's like, well, we don't have a male doctor right now. He's, he's busy. And I'm like, just well, whoever. So that girl had to, had to stitch, a stitch up. me up on my sack there. But the worst part probably was like tetanus shot. Cause it was rebar and it was rusty on it. So man, that was probably the worst pin I've ever felt down in that area. And, but uh, yeah, it's no fun. No so, joke. No. <laughs> so
0: I mean, you you said you were going to j- or not jail, but uh, to the to the hospital because they were going to do you know emergency sur- surgery. Yeah, I'm sure at this time you don't know exactly what happened to you.
2: No, I like at that point I'd finally like deducted that I was bleeding because my quad had blood. Like when I got off of it, the whole seat was bloody, and then it was white plastics, and oh. there was a puddle of blood in. um I don't know how to explain it for people that don't know quads. There's like a saddle basically for your foot. It's mm-hmm. plastic. Mm-hmm. There's a puddle of blood in that plastic saddle. Dang. And so. Then I hopped in my truck
0: and yeah, drove. You had this emergency surgery, right? And I'm pretty sure they had to put you under. And then when you wake up, what happens next? Are you like, what the hell happened? I'm sure you you probably feel some pain or I don't know if you, they had you you're drugged.
1: While we
2: were while we were at the ER,
0: my brother called my wife, told her what happened,
2: and she like she showed up and I was conscious for like everything in the ER. Like I tried to walk at one point to the CAT scan room so they could check stuff out, decided that was a bad idea, so I had to get wheelchaired. But at one point I'm like, dude, I'm just gonna look so like <laughs> looked oh, and t- immediately like almost blacked out like went into shock finally at that point and after the shock point there's like it's really fuzzy once i finally looked at it and went into shock but we <laughs> were like, joking oh, and having fun the whole time before that oh they well, cut I, it off <laughs> the, nurse, the nurse come in and grab like uh you know the knee <laughs> splint things that they put on uh that help you mobilize it but it keeps them Solid. Mm-hmm. So she came in and grabbed a knee splint, and I'm like sitting there with like my junks laying on the table. Basically, did you think she's like? Be honest. I said, "Is is that for me?" No. I'm like, okay, it's not big enough. Like joking around, <laughs> playing around.
0: Did you think you you lost your thing? Uh, I
2: was. I was worried about my lefty. Lefty, oh, okay. I was worried that that one was, was gone. gone somewhere Good, hanging man. on a
0: tree. You need one. When I looked at did, it. Did they tell you? So I'm t- you saw you got shocked. At what point did they tell you exactly what happened?
2: Uh, Like the next day after
0: surgery. When you were like, what the?
2: Yeah, the next day I was like, dude, I hurt really bad. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor came in and told me, like, hey, we had to go in and do this. And this is how close it was to this, this, and this. And. Just a few months prior to that, so it's like a bad year that year. So,
1: um, <laughs> almost lost your sack, man. <laughs>
2: Adam, Adam Anderson, the avalanche. Um, they have the Ad- Adam Anderson um, avalanche awareness thing at Action Motorsports. Okay, Adam Anderson was a friend, he died Oh, day with like my uncle, and all of his friends were riding with him. Dang. And a few months before that. My buddy Pat, who was part of that whole friend group, went in for just like he had a cyst. It was non cancerous or anything, but it was behind his ear. They went in, supposed to be a routine surgery, cut it out, and he ended up going brain dead and died. What? So he died. Three months later, Adam died. Like three months later, that happened to me. And I was just like, okay, I'm done. Like, I can't do quads anymore. So I like sold my quad within like a month of all that happening. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that actually ultimately led to H2O. I said that earlier. So what happened was I didn't have any kind of outlets anymore. And so I was like starting to get grumpy. Mm -hmm. Like the power of a positive outlet in your mental health is huge. And so I started getting grumpy and like, kind of becoming like a dick Mm -hmm. because i didn't have any outlets i wasn't working out or anything and i got a jet ski and was like dude this is fun i started getting really into jet skiing Mm -hmm. and then i ended up buying an aftermarket jet ski the next year and then wanted a cover for it but no one had one so i built one and
0: now that's what i do it's funny like when you have a like a problem and instead of going out and because i'm sure if you would have searched high and low you would have found one uh but like for example like tin dust that was here last week he said that he didn't want to get one of the cheap ones because they were cheap and they didn't work out he didn't want to do a super expensive one because he's like they're super expensive so he made one kind of like what you did you know what i mean like you made one and then you're like well, that wasn't easy or you probably showed some people and like hey can you make me one you know, like, can, can you make me one? Because there's always, there's a market for everything. You just need to find it. Yep. Yeah. You know, as soon as you find it, then all of a sudden you can make a business. And I'm pretty sure your sewing skills that you learned in prison came came in handy. And so you, so you build one for your jet ski, right? Yep. So how does this lead into like a business?
2: So uh, I built one for my jet ski. I actually worked with a local company because the only way to get a cover for an aftermarket Ski is to have one custom made at like a local canvas shop or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went in and I said, Hey, I want to build this, but this is what I want. I want high quality. I want to be able to trailer with it. And um, I want to work on the design with you. Mm -hmm. And then I want to pattern that so that I can build more. And so at that point in time, I already had the business idea in my head. Like Mm -hmm. no one's got these covers. I'm going to make them. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to make them. Cause I'm really like, I won't buy something unless I know it's nice and high end. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm kind of stupid like that sometimes. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's the fancy, nice stuff. I'm a buy it any just because it's fancy and nice mm-hmm. instead of being frugal, which is, it is what it is. <laughs> it's pretty bad.
0: I mean like, uh, but you know, uh, uh, kind of like I, I mentioned to John earlier, I'm like, it's better just to buy once than, cause if you buy a bunch of cheap ones, it's going to end up costing you the same As a more inexpensive, high quality one. So sometimes in this case, like, especially if you're always using it, it's being, it's your trail, you have it on a trailer, it's hitting like the, you know, the nature shit, rocks, you (laughs) name it, rain.
2: Yeah. Uh, And 80 mile an hour on the highway. It's going to
0: eventually rip or tear or something's going to happen if it's lesser quality. But like something that's more expensive, you know. So I, I can see. I would probably do the more expensive one just because like uh, I've done it before. You always buy something that's cheaper just because you want trying to save some money. But then all of a sudden like something happens to that, it breaks, whatever. Then you, you could buy it again. Same thing happens. And then all of a sudden you're like, I should have just bought the more expensive, the one. more
2: expensive one because I could have paid for two of them now. Yeah. Like yeah, I-,
0: I basically <laughs> paid for two of them and now I'm buying the more expensive one. And like, I just wasted all this money. So, yep. so they, they, they make yours they yeah. give you the pattern, and then you just start making them from there? Or? Um, so we found a
2: company. After that, I took the pattern, found a company to produce them, mm-hmm. and then COVID hit. Oh, shit. Like, I built the final cover design. We worked on it for about four months. Final cover design finally got approved, like, December. I said, okay, let's get this to somebody, you know, by, like, January, February finally had someone lined out to do production on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did one production run of 15 covers. And then March, I went out to California with my buddies that I'd made through the guy that got me into jet skiing. Mm-hmm. He lived in Medford. He had buddies in Medford. So we all went jet skiing, and I kind of like showed them my cover at this point. Mm-hmm. And on the way back from California, the production facility calls, and they say, hey... We're shutting everything down because COVID. Sorry. Sorry. Your small account, anyways, sucks to suck. <laughs> so, on the way back, before I even get back home, they called me when I was about Medford, Oregon. And then I popped down to I 80 instead of coming through like Bend. Mm-hmm. So, by the time I hit I 80, I was kind of like, okay, I'll accept this, whatever it is, what it is. By the time I hit, Uh, before you hit Salt Lake, you can go north, and it puts you in between Twin Falls and Pokey. Mm -hmm. By the time I hit that, like, Reno interchange, uh, I had decided I was buying my own sewing machines. And by the time I got home, I'd picked them out. Oh, dang. So then I started making them myself after that.
0: Dang. Which is good. It's good that that happened, because you could have just said, oh, well, I guess I'll start it after COVID. Uh, and, And it's like little things... Uh, it, it probably sucked when you got that phone call. Yeah. Like, you're like, well, shit. Like, I, you had this whole journey envisioned in your head, but then all of a sudden it gets, like,
1: you know. Yeah. First cut, production run, too. Yeah. So, you're, like, all stoked. You're but excited. that's, like,
2: the whole story of my life anyway. So, at this point, I'm used to, like, adapting and overcoming all these weird, So I, I, like, I think nuances.
0: It, it, su- it probably sucked at the time, but I think it was better just because it led you to buy your own equipment. Because you're like, you know what? I'm just going to buy my own stuff and have my own stuff made. Cause if they would have done your production run, it probably would have worked out, you know, and then you would just be ordering through them. You wouldn't have your like, uh, I I, I don't think you would have pushed it the same way. Cause now it's like you, it's you not like you and them. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, this is during COVID. So how, how how is this? How how do you see, how, how do you see yourself pushing this during COVID?
2: Um, so I got back home Sold, man, I sold all my jet skis is what I did. You, oh, your actual jet skis? All my jet skis that I had accumulated at that point, uh, sold them, and then shut down my contracting business at that point because I said, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to like do this. I can't be distracted mm-hmm. making houses or whatever and trying to do this. So I shut down uh, timber ridge construction and timber ridge woodwork and then opened H2O like completely at that point and mm-hmm. said this is this all is my focus. And then I sold my jet skis and I bought the equipment to
0: sew them by myself at that point. And and I'm sure that keeps your cost down too.
2: Yeah, it helped with um profit margins. Yeah. Profit. And then it also helped with like it took me from like this single style like black with black thread to what I ultimately always wanted was to be like completely custom. Mm-hmm. You give me your lengths, your measurements, whatever, and what colors you want your cover to be. And we'll build this cover out of like the high grade material we use. And it'll be completely customized to you. And that buying my own machines open that whole thing up.
0: Dang. Yeah. And, and it's cool. Cause Like I said, it sucked at the time, but it pushed to this and uh, you get a little like similar stories with everybody, like whatever field they're in, like something happens, but it pushed them to do this, you know? Mm -hmm. So not everything negative that happens in your life uh, is bad. You know, like even like you said, like you don't regret a lot of things just because it pushed you down this path. It changed your mindset. It helped you out. So you start making them right who was the, when do your sales start coming in? Like, is that, cause I'm thinking, yeah, we did at the time, we didn't know a lot of outdoor stuff was going to pop off. You know, a lot of people didn't had more time to do or like to do things. And uh, a lot of people went camping. There was like, uh, I remember Leo went out and he's like, there's so many people out here cause they don't have A job essentially. They don't have
2: anything to do (laughs) except go play. Yeah,
0: Yeah. yep. So, did your sales start coming in right away, or were you scared to like start pushing it? So,
2: you guys have talked to Dallin, like Dallin Bernard. Mm -hmm. So, Dallin actually helped us like build a website and everything. And by July, we had like a full functional website and started getting some pretty like decent sales, Mm -hmm. and that was pretty good for side hustle money, you know, mm-hmm. it was a couple grand a month and we were doing pretty good. And now our website continuing to work with Dallin mm-hmm. and just continuing to work and push forward with everything. Um, our website, I would say looks like similar to fortune 500 companies now.
0: Yeah. Cause I actually went onto it yesterday. Uh, cause I was like just going through your profile, looking at different stuff and, uh, I didn't know Dallin made it for you, but so shout out to Dallin. That's a it's a nice looking website.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He did killer job on it. And we've put a bunch of content together for mm-hmm. it. Um, uh, but we actually just went over numbers. So like our first year last year, uh, we did like fifty thousand mm-hmm. in gross revenue. Mm-hmm. And then so far this year, I'm at like eighty.
0: Okay. Dang. Oh dang.
2: And uh, our goal, well my goal was from July first to January first, I wanna do a hundred thousand mm-hmm. total revenue in six months.
1: Um you say we is it you um your wife have a play in this or
2: Yeah, so we opened it under Brittany's name primarily because we wanted to be a female business. So, you know, if government contracts come in, we're more likely to get those because they'll reward government contracts females Mm. before they'll reward them to a male
0: playing the system (laughs) i like it so
2: we set it up (laughs) as a female-owned business and then she's helped with um like finances and stuff like that as we've gone along and i've done i'd say like 95 percent of everything i've done and worn all the hats cfo ceo like all that and uh we actually just brought my cousin on to be our new CFO because I can't like, I'm too overwhelmed at this
0: point. Yeah. Th- there comes a point where you have to give some of the responsibility to other people. I know it's probably hard. Cause you're like, you feel like nobody's going to take care of it as much as you will.
2: Yeah. Cause it's your baby.
0: Yeah. And so it's hard to find like somebody to be like, ah, you know, here, here, you know, take care of this part. Yep. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was hard. But what I like is that you said, realistic goals you know some people start a business and they want to be multi-millionaires within like a few months that's not going to happen like and i'm sure a lot of work goes into uh you know making the jet the the covers because i'm sure you have to sew them you have to uh, make them look nice and then i'm pretty sure you package them ship them and you know so on and so after you know and then not just creating that you have to create content you have to be posting because when you're when you're not posting or active on social media, you, you fall behind on like the algorithm. So not a lot of people that actually follow you will see your stuff. So it's like a a whole, like, yeah, there's a
2: lot, there's a lot that goes into business
0: ownership (laughs) and you have to be ready for it too. like, cause I'm, I'm sure you, you said it's still a side hustle right now. Right. Yeah. And your goal is to have this full time.
2: Yeah. So by June next year is my exit point. Is my oh, nice. current I like, you, like strategy? I
1: like how you have a goal. Yeah, because it's usually like statistically, first three years, as long as you survive the first three years, um, your percentage of uh, your longevity of your business goes increasingly high. So as long as you make it out, and it looks like you're doing pretty good. If your if your goal is next, would it be like two and a half years that you say, or would it be the three years?
2: I would call it two. two. Honestly, because we did open like technically we opened the business in December. Oh, okay, but I think a lot of my previous, like opening the other two businesses gave me a lot of, um, experience because I opened it in December without even the product, like Mm -hmm. to take pictures of. And we started like pre-posting stuff, building hype, building a audience, Mm -hmm. all that. So when we did get our 15 covers that were built, like they were all sold automatically. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So but we didn't start all of our production actually in house, all that till like July. So I would yeah. say June, July next year would I would call it my two year point instead of the two and a half year point because yeah. there was six to seven months of like growth, but not actually really doing business.
0: So I had a question just because jet ski covers is like really niche, right? Yes, yep. How did you find your market for that?
2: Uh, just because that was my passion.
0: Did like, you, did you like getting into the jet skis? Was it like your friends that you were surrounding yourself with and then they were like telling people like, Hey, or, or they, they, they know like the certain ski or uh, jet ski community, you know, like that help push it. Cause the, I think that's a hard part too, is actually, like, yes, you finding can. finding and building yeah, your audience. Yeah. like You can start like, say I want to do like water bottle holders, right? Like I have to find where
1: I'm going to sell like the water bottle to. Yeah, Cause I don't know how big uh, jet skiing is here in Idaho. Like is most of your sales out? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yep. Uh, it is like a resurging industry. Jet skis are. Yeah. Uh, like last year, um, BRP actually released their numbers for what their, their marketing plans are for the next two or three years. And they took like 80% of their funds that they had in side by sides and snow machines and everything. Mm-hmm and they reallocated it to water sports
1: i i did see so i follow these guys from colorado they're called the booster boys and uh since they moved down to florida i've seen a lot of their content to jet skiing like the aftermarket world for jet skiing is huge and i didn't even know that and there's like even youtube channels like 100 percent focused on jet skiing and like modifying they're like turboed and it's insane what yeah what it, this it, it's funny like uh I mean, I, I've said it before. It's like, as soon as you
0: learn something, you learn uh, how much you don't know. Yeah. Like, I didn't know there was a whole, like, thing for jet skis until yeah. so just now. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I'm asking, like, I'm not huge into jet skiing, but you've made a business out of jet ski covers.
1: So, I'm like, there <laughs> in has Idaho, to be. In Idaho. In Idaho. Yes. <laughs> in Idaho. Especially <laughs> Idaho. Like, out of Idaho. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I'd understand if he's like, oh, yeah, I made covers for, like, uh, snowmobiles. Uh, snowmobiles or quads. Uh, but I'm sure... Quads and, I'm sure
0: you can. can right? Oh yeah! So we
2: just bought a 3D scanner. We oh. spent like twenty grand buying a 3D scanner, and we're using that to push our capabilities into. Um, we're gonna do some snow machine covers this winter as like a soft launch with it mm-hmm. uh, by January. We're gonna have a line called Diamond Edition, so you can call us. We'll fly out with our scanner, and whatever you have, like say you have a Lamborghini you want a cover for that's weatherproof, you can trailer with it. We'll fly out, scan your car, if it's got a wide body kit, whatever, it doesn't matter, because we're building the cover for your car. Mm-hmm. So the 3D capabilities, we're going to be expanding like exponentially. By the end of next year, we'll have quite a substantial.
1: So you already have the scanner?
2: Yes, and Damn. we're already using it.
1: That's insane.
0: Wow, that, That's why he said that, uh, for those people, I know they didn't get to hear, uh, he's actually doing some scans for some Lamborghinis right now, right? Like, uh, Lamborghinis you're going to go to, are you going to take it out to that event that you're going to?
2: Uh, today?
0: No, no.
2: Nope. We're going out to get some content. Uh, we're scanning the Gallardo this weekend mm. and then we've got an event door we're scanning in a couple weeks.
1: Is the, is the Anderson's, uh lambo the sv
2: it is i think it's just an s
1: that's oh, okay. yep
2: but he's got a ten sixteen industries uh kit on, kit on it wide yeah. body and wing and everything
1: you've seen the gtr is popping up like nothing here it's insane like i had a question about these covers can can they be
0: custom customized to oh shit <laughs> so i'm
2: showing you lee stone right now He's like eight time world freestyle champ. Dang. He's like doing backflips, doing side flips. He's doing
1: he's the and first that,
2: one to do a double backflip on a jet ski. And he's not but even those, moving that are those far. those like
1: competition jet skis or is that Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: that's a competition ski. Uh that... first one to do a double barrel roll.
0: Dang. He's,
3: like...
2: he's he's very talented. He's been riding since he was like twelve, but have you guys sent him anything? He's got a cover. Oh, oh does he really?
0: Dang. There you go.
1: Yeah. That's badass.
0: Yeah. And like you were uh, talking right now that you're going to go to an event. Hopefully you're going to meet up. I mean, it's all about networking. Yep. Like you said, your Stradman's going to be there, you know, and I'm sure other content creators are going to be there and just being around those circles, you know, can lead to bigger and better sales for you. So your covers, just so like, if there's somebody who's curious, can you customize them? Like, like say somebody wants to put a logo on it. Yep. Like their logo, like, is it stitched into the actual thing or is it just like a patch you put on?
2: Nope. We do customized embroidery on our stuff too. Um uh, So we, we actually take the pieces before they're all put together and we'll go put the embroidery on them.
0: Yeah. Cause you know who, who's bought a bunch of snowmobiles that would probably want some custom tops ones.
1: Oh yeah. That may be a good one. To, to contact
0: yeah so we we do the media over there at tops knives and he he likes his he loves his toys right yeah, he yep. just bought some really nice jet skis but he also likes to protect his toys too so like uh but he, he he's all about tops like if you can customize something that say like tops on it like he he's he's with that and especially if you're local so uh i'll have to let him know about your your you know that you can customize some stuff for him and i'm pretty sure it'd be cool
1: with that how, how does that yeah that'd be great how does that work like um I don't know if you've seen the pattern yet, but when is your, like, good season? Is it when the it gets started getting cold that people want to put their skis away? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure you get them all year round, but is there, like, a highs or lows? or?
2: So, our U.S. market, um, it has high points and low points. September's a low point. So, like, this last month wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, but October, November is our highest point. Um, And then... Like April, May is also a high point. So when it's starting to warm up and people are wanting to travel with their skis, Mm -hmm. they pick up sales. And then like World Finals is in October, which will be going down to Lake Havasu in a week to Mm -hmm. go down there for that. Right after World Finals, we get a huge influx. Also, because everyone's like putting their skis away for winter.
1: So you get both when people are starting to go out and when they're putting them away. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, I was wondering about that, how that works. And then
2: November is also a big point too, because like we sell worldwide and Australia, their season's the exact inverse of our season. So Australia orders pick up for us in November also, because that's like they're breaking the covers out. And then that April, May area Part of, of that year. pickup is Australia, also.
1: So you're you're kind of strong type time of year is at the end of the year where it here is freezing cold. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's nothing to do. Yeah, and, and it's funny because uh, I mean you said it earlier, like
0: you have it, it all started with a jet ski cover and this company based out of Idaho, the least place where you would expect to have Idaho a, Falls. A, <laughs> a, no, like because we. We get summer here like what, three months, three, four months? Yeah, like five four months, if you're I'd lucky. Like
2: six and, months of winter. Yeah. Two and like, months of so like, there, nasty. There, <laughs> yeah,
0: there's no real no excuse uh, about starting a business. It's just some like if you love to do it and now you're expanding to um, obviously the snowmobiles, the, the the cars now, you know, but all that takes, you know, I mean you had to invest in that three D scanner, it wasn't cheap. Yeah. You know, yeah, no. but people don't realize that they'll, they'll see where you're at that's my biggest thing. Like people will see where you're at and they think that it took nothing to get there. Like it was easy. It was handed to you. You ran into the right person. No, like, like you went through this entire journey just to get to where you're at. And, and I'm sure you, your company is still small and it's still growing. Cause yeah. you said by next June, you, you hope to be uh, full time on h industries, which is cool that you have these realistic goals set. And that's a big thing. Like with any business is have, yeah, have your crazy dreams, like your crazy goals, but have your little goals to reach that. Yep. You know what I mean? Because it's not just going to come. You yeah, know, no, you got
2: to have the end inside, mm-hmm. at least some kind of end. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I'm going to I'm gonna have an Aventador SVJ mm-hmm. and it's going to be like my personal business car. So that's like an end goal, but that's not the end goal. Don't you have a wrapped car right now? I've got an Audi, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, because I've seen it and it has H 20 industries on it. Yeah. Yes, it does. Okay, I think I've seen it drive by. Yeah, the pink was, one. Is it pink? Yeah. Okay, now yeah, I I think I saw you over by Gold's Gym one time. Yep. Do you go to Gold? Yep. Yeah. See that? That's where I saw him. See you. You would know, John, if you if you would end up going and using your membership. <laughs> that's that's another thing. <laughs> like
2: part of being like a good business owner and like creating those social circles that are going to push you. Mm -hmm. So like your network is your net worth, that Mm -hmm. whole idea. Uh, Your net worth also comes like you have to have a high vision of yourself. And I think like waking up early, going to the gym, working out, putting in the work there, you're putting work in on yourself and investing in yourself. And then that flows Directly into putting work in your business and investing in your business also
0: yeah i strongly believe that that's why like uh me i like to challenge myself like i know john's heard this several times but uh so i went skydiving and after i went skydiving i was like i need to push myself because that like essentially like opened up my mind to like i need to keep challenging myself i need to do more like there's people out here doing a lot of stuff so uh, just like slowly, but like also making myself better at the same time. So I was like, you know what? I hate running. I absolutely hate it. I avoid it. I do all these other s- sorts of cardio. I was like, I'm going to run half a marathon. And so the day after skydiving, I got back, I ran and I ran, I barely did a mile. I was dying. I did it in like 12, almost 13 minutes. And I was like, dude, I don't know if this is even possible. I just finished running 4.1 miles, you know, like at the, right before doing this, you know, but that's consistency, you know, like, uh, cause I'm like in my head, I'm like, I need to get better. And, and it is true. Like once you start getting your body and your mind, right. It bleeds into everything, like, uh, your business, you know, like whatever you're trying to do, it motivates you that that's, that's where I think a lot of people's like self-motivation discipline comes from. If you can be disciplined with something as simple as going to the gym, say you just go five days a week. Like that leads into everything else. Like me, I'm here hours and hours, you know what I mean? Because I want like, kind of like you, I'm trying to build something, you know, yep. trying to build something, a business and, uh and people taking their time out of their day. And like now John, he's like, you know, the official co-host, like he's always here, you know, taking time out of his day because he's investing his time. You know what I mean? Like that's what it is too, in the beginning. And you just like going from, this incredible story that that I didn't even know of. You know what I mean? That's why I like doing things like podcasts like this. So we can get to know you and like where you come from and what led you to start your business. And so people can see it's not easy. You know, it's not like one day, like, you know what? I'm going to start a jet ski cover company and it's going to go great. In Idaho. (laughs)
1: In Idaho. (laughs) You know what
0: I mean? There's a lot of, a lot of things that led up to it. Ups and downs. And, you know, unfortunately, like you had a lot of downs, but... You know, it, it seems like you're on an up right now, uh, especially like we were uh, talking names here earlier. Like it's it's weird how you surround yourself with certain people. And then like those those names start popping up. Like you're like, hey, you know, down. I'm like, oh, yeah, no down. You know, and like uh, Stradman, and you know, he's one that I eventually want to get on here, too. You know what I mean? But I know several people who know him kind of like Chandler. Yep. Uh, but then like you start seeing like it's true. The people that you do surround yourself with. Like, it leads to, like, I mean, you said earlier, networking is your net worth. Like, the mo- the the right people you know can get you into the right places. It's not how much you know. It's not, you can have, you could probably have, like, a a master in, like, engineering and, like, whatnot, and, but if you don't know the right people to, to use that, you're not going to get anywhere. Yep. So, uh, let people know where they can reach you at, your social media, your website. That way, they can come and check you out.
2: So, you've got Facebook We've got Instagram. Both of them are just at H2O Industries. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got our website, Mm -hmm. www.h2oindustries.com. Oh, like Oscar, not 20. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: uh, I think that's it. Um, So, I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory, but where did the name H2O Industries come from?
2: Uh, It's actually High Octane Industries, Mm -hmm. but we took... The H from high and the O from octane, and then put a two, so H2O Industries. So it's actually the DBA. Our business is actually called High Octane Industries, just spelled
0: funny. Yeah.
1: Oh, that makes sense. So, Well, you'll see in the car world,
0: as you say. Because that's something we're trying to get into, too, as well, uh, doing some more car shoots and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm sure we're going to run into each other here eventually and especially being around the the same people yeah you know so again i want to thank you for coming on the podcast you had such a wild story that i didn't (laughs) even know you had you know what i mean and it's cool because i get to i I feel motivated after these i feel like inspired to also like to keep grinding you know because people go through much worse you know than than what you're going through and we all go through things like we're probably all going through something that's like, messing with our head right now at this moment, but you know we always strive to to, to get better, to to get improve better, ourselves,
2: do better, be better.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so again, thank you for coming on, dude. You had a, such a like incredible story. I hope. You know your business blows up.
2: Thanks. Thanks for having
0: me. Uh and for you guys listening, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys
3: in the next one. See you
1: guys soon. Say
3: bye.